Hello again, and welcome back once more to Talking Toilets, episode three, School Toilets. It's a great episode this week. Will and I again just wanted to point out how grateful, how amazed, how stunned we are by all our wonderful social activity and the wonderful ratings and reviews we've had on iTunes. Those mean so much to us. We're just starting out, so it's really great to see that sort of feedback, not just here, but around the world, which is insane. Just brilliant. Quick parish notice before this week's episode. You may hear a slight difference in quality from the first 20 minutes onwards. That can be very quickly explained. I press record and wiped 20 minutes from my recording, which <laughs> was great fun to edit. But um, I hope you really enjoy this episode. And once again, if you've got any feedback, any suggestions, please do not be afraid to get in contact with us. We're at Talking Toilets underscore on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Talking Tea Podcast on Facebook. And if you use email still for fun things, we're at Talking Toilets Podcast at gmail.com. Enjoy episode three Talking Toilets, lockdown specials, school toilets. Keep flushing. Talking Toilets. Alex Hope and William Smith. Hello, welcome to Talking Toilets. Goes into lockdown Way. for week three. Way. Week My name three is... and it's the third take of this intro. Way. Exactly, yes, finally. <laughs> um, yeah, we are Alex Hope in East Finchley and across from me, I'm William Smith, not Alex Hope, um, and I'm in Tufnell Park. And we are going to be discussing all things toilets. First off, we're going to talk about what's happened this week. Then in the middle, we'll do some toilet news. And right at the end, we'll talk about our topic toilets, which this week is school toilets. So we're going to be thinking back. Do you want to start us off this time? (laughs) Yeah, cool. uh, Tell us about what happened to you this week. Uh, Well, this week, my toilet experience, I mean, at the moment, because obviously I'm in isolation, everything was in lockdown. There are very limited toilets that I'm allowed to use. And yet I still managed to kind of fuck up the only toilet which I am allowed to use, which is my own toilet. It is hygienic. It's a nice toilet. Um, But the only issue with it, and I'd say it's the only issue with the whole flat, is that the inside the toilet... It just, it takes forever for it to fill up. That's the bowl, the, the coming yeah, up from the, the U-Bend. You can hear it kind of trickling out like an old man trying to pee. Like, it's just, it's like not a nice, exp- it's the kind of thing where it's like, if you're on the toilet, you've run a bath and you're on the toilet and you've had a poo and you've just flushed the toilet and then you get into the bath and try and relax and listen to Desert Island Disc. Because of how slow the bowl is to fill up, by the time your bath is finished, it's kind of, you know, you spent the whole time with this kind of trickling noise and it's, it's it just doesn't add to the therapeutic experience of, of one. Desert Island discs. Apart from the ambient sound of water lapping against uh, ceramic I think bowl. Desert Island disc is absolutely therapeutic. It's one of my favourite things to do is to lie in the bath and watch de- and listen to Desert Island disc. say that was a perfect accompaniment, the sound of uh, your, your cistern emptying. And have it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, so I looked up online how to fix the problem yourself, which is always a good start. And you think, you know, how e- how easy could it be? Um, so I took the lid off. I'm glad you're starting from that 
area, not how hard can it be? <laughs> yeah. so, I took the, so I took the lid off, you know, took it apart, being very careful to know where I was putting things together because there's like this, I suppose you would call it like a weight thing, which kind of pushes back, which directs how much flow of water is coming through. And I just needed to adjust it slightly. So by adjusting it slightly, I completely snapped the entire thing off. Um, of course. Of course, which then meant that the when I thought I'd fixed it, because then I, I was like, oh, that's cool. So I'd kind of, you know, fiddled a bit, snapped off, but I didn't think it was important, put it all back together and then attached it back on. The flow of water was excellent. It was kind of like next level, exactly what I wanted. Put the bowl back on, kind of went into the lounge, very, you know, smug and gloated to Shannon, my girlfriend, about how, what a spectacular job I'd done. To then, maybe about 15 minutes later, hearing the sound of trickling water, kind of getting louder and louder from the toilet. Um, okay. Open the door in the toilet. And the basically, the thing that I'd, I'd snapped off was the thing that stopped, which, which indicated to the flow of water to stop when it was full, which meant that there was no reason for the water to stop. Uh, but there is a pipe at the back where the water, excess water gets taken away, which is kind okay. of like, which is good. But because that had probably never, it hasn't been used for years because the flow of water was so small. I don't know why, why this had happened, but the, all the water, the weight of the water going down had snapped that pipe, which meant that the pipe going back, which led down to, you know, filter off excess water. What on earth was it made of? Was just filter, no, it was, you know, it was more like it looked as if the bit that was attaching the pipe to the back of the toilet was connected with somebody's chewing gum. That's exactly what it looked like. But toilet gum from years ago that had solidified and then crumbled at the weight of the mm. water. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so I then obviously yeah. had to... Had to turn the water off at the. I was quite, you know, quick. In, in yeah, this this was the only positive. Was thing. it beginning to flood? It was flooding. Yeah, no, hundred percent, it was flooding. So and I, you're on uh, the third floor of that house, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, third floor. I managed to, you know, the water. You know, there's a little uh, valve at the bottom right, which you can just turn um, from vertical to horizontal, um, and, it and it cuts it off, and it shuts the water off. So it meant that we were just able to do that every you. So we were able to fill up the the toilet and then use the toilet and then you know turn the valve on and then turn it back off again. So technically, I did, technically I did fix the issue of the slow filling. It just became a bit yeah a bit of a nuisance. There was a lot of water everywhere. It went from hardly um, any to an overflow. An over <laughs> overflow. Yeah. But I mean the landlords you know to be fair to them in this kind of corona troubled world were very quick in getting somebody out. When I had explained how it happened, he yeah. kind of went, he, you know, I kind of went, you know, it wasn't filling up very quickly. So I foolishly took it apart. He went, eh, don't you worry about it, mate. I'm just happy for the work. Normally I might have four or five jobs a day after Corona. I've got nothing. Don't worry. The system probably hasn't been used or touched in, I don't know, like five years. So these things shouldn't normally last that long. Pretty, you know, pretty crap system. I'll get you one right. Yeah, you know, I'll sort you out. Right. Don't so that was mid tens uh, bad plumbing, not was... not not twenty years ago. I think it was more. Well, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, I, I don't really know. He knew what he was talking about. He came round, said that the said that he couldn't do anything. He needed to order a part, and then the next day somebody else came. But the man was very nice in saying that he would instruct the landlords that it wasn't my fault. It was something that was going to happen anyway, which is interesting. Cause I think Crisis averted. Thank goodness. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, your good. desert island discs might have come to a reality of sorts. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But yeah, no, that was it. That was really interesting it. question. Yeah. If you had a desert island disc of one toilet 
the only toilet you've ever used that you go, that's the only one I want to use for the rest am, of my time. Am I allowed to use fictional toilets? Oh, yeah, I, I imagine so. Well, then I, I think, think I know which one you're going to pick. Yeah, the Rick and Morty toilet. Yeah, I th- probably. I think that's an egg. I think that, yeah, it is designed as being the perfect toilet. As per the episode, does that mean that I should therefore pick it as well, just so that it's contested over and it's then null and voided that it's a private, perfect toilet? Well, I don't know. I think I'd be willing. You, sh- you know, you have quite good levels of sanitation and hygiene. I'd be. Done. I would I'd say be- the utmost. Thank you. The utmost. I would be. I wouldn't mind sharing a toilet with you. I don't I think- see any wet wipes in your house. Your concept. I. Um, we do have wet wipes, but they're hidden um, because I don't like the idea of having like another surface, like a malleable surface that somebody else could use. Um, you know, spread their germs with. Um, so we do actually have wet wipes. They are request or upon request. Uh, do we allow by invitation guests? only? Invitation only wet wipes in the Smith welcome to the wet. Welcome to the wet wipe area. Right, Alex. What yeah. was, What's your toilet story of well, the week? Speaking of my toilet, Will, I <laughs> had the joy of using it for the last two weeks, or since I've been on furlough, which is now a week and. Four days ago. Lovely. So living life. I'm already halfway through my furlough and I've done absolutely not much. So you're now furloughed. So you're now got time off. But Louise is working from home, which means that technically your own personal toilet has now turned into a work toilet. Yes, agreed. For Louise. Has there been any change in behaviour? I think I've been, as I say, more vigilant about the state (laughs) I leave it in. Not to say that I don't usually become vigilant. It's just it's very easy to forget when you've got to do two things in the bathroom. Say, go to the toilet and then have a shower. You very quickly leave that scenario behind you to then wash. So it's not been cleaned in a while, but we haven't really done a spring clean because we've been using the house so much. I've been very on top of my duties and so has Louisa. The bathroom is our, like, no man's land. And now, as you've said, it's a work toilet. It should probably become rotted, at least, or something along those lines. But, yeah, no, it's kind of the functionality and the functional items and fixtures in the toilet, in the bathroom, those remain clean. For me, what categorises a work toilet is a toilet which is completely fine, absolutely, you know, is equipped for use. And then, for some reason, at one point in the day, a tornado hits it, and yes. it doesn't recover until the next day. That's, That's about would... 3 p.m., isn't it? Time when 3... everyone <laughs> yeah, 3... feels well, a bit sleepy. Somebody, someone goes in there and just does something atrocious. <laughs> it infects every area of the toilet with it. Yeah. And their general kind of lacklustre. When's the average firing time of an employee? Probably around 3 o'clock. Yeah, maybe. Well, it's yeah. definitely when the you know silliness kicks in, sort of school getting out time. It's like that's why kids are let go at three, four p.m. because they yeah, just yeah. will be a flipping nightmare <laughs> for the next three hours. Yeah, Did yeah. I just censor myself? I They'd think be a fucking because you were talking about kids. I think so. I think so your anything interesting happened with your toilet, or is it just? Um, yeah. So I was going to say uh, the other night because it was kind of the first weekend where we didn't really have to do much extracurricular work or life admin or whatnot we decided to get a little bit pissed and instead of having like a sort of midnight snack louisa thought it would be a good idea to cook um an entire vat of pasta um which she cooks al dente which i love i'm a i'm a chewer not a a slippy swallower does that make sense no yeah i think i think that's the technical term yeah 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 
Um, so basically, uh, I chewed my way through a couple of balls of that, um, and mad ting. They were great. Really, really lovely. Uh, just, just pasta. She just made al dente pasta. No, it wasn't a, it wasn't a bianco, and that's the name for just pasta. Obviously, you have to have some ingredients with pasta. Bianco's white sauce, isn't it? I thought bianco was just no tomato. Pasta bianco is garlic. Uh, with butter and then just put that on the pasta. Very simple, very tasty. It's one for the garlic and butter fans. Fine, so she didn't make a garlic and butter no, Bianca. No. She made just we al dente a, pasta. We had a veg box sent earlier earlier this week, so we have kind of utilised everything out of that that we can. Yeah, so it was kind of an arabiata, this pasta. Onions, tomatoes, garlic, chilli, a little bit of spice... And I wolfed down two bulls. Now, this was like midnight. And I had drunk quite a lot before then. So I think I'd slowed down my metabolism a bit too much. And uh, if I can hearken back to last week's mention of the Bristol stool chart. um, We had a bit of a Bristol Temple Meads traffic jam with the railway. So basically everything was held up. And that kept me awake for several hours. But when I did actually find the time to go, dispel this sort of awful sort of midnight snack regret, it was around 4 a.m. And I haven't done a number two at 4am for several years, I don't think. I don't think I've had to do a midnight solid for a long time. Potentially, yeah, potentially like a few years. So that is kind of the... I did it in the dark. I didn't switch the light on in the toilet, which I'm quite proud about. So I did it sort of... So you tried to maintain your sleepiness by leaving the light on. Tried to maintain sleepiness. And then had a Um, disgusting poo. Well, it wasn't. This is the thing. It was like two corks. You know when it kind of feels like you just need to let some pressure out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what came out. The pasta wasn't digested by this point. Like, Well, it was digested, but it was... You know how long your intestinal tract is, don't you, Will? Yeah, I, I do. But for a second, I thought you were suggesting undigested pasta came out of your arse. <laughs> yeah, no, that didn't happen. So um, the opposite of that? I think what happened was the digested pasta, undigested pasta was was kind of screaming through my guts uh, and it was screaming let the pressure out, let the pressure out <laughs> the front of the train it's like just sort of like, it was a bit like have you seen the film, I haven't seen this all the way through so I don't know why I'm saying this but Snowpiercer you know that like <laughs> there's several crises happening on this train at any one given time sort of at the front, Tilda Swinton's having a like a, a mayor and then you've got uh, Chris Evans you know just being all handsome and whatever the fuck but basically I was sort of somewhere in the middle having a sort of aneurysm and also an epileptic fit at the same time and uh, yeah and that's what I had to sort of I had to tell Tilda to slam on the brakes good uh, yeah well thank you for sharing that disgusting story of you at four o'clock in the morning no problem that's the most vivid retelling I could possibly give you now some listeners might be a bit aware that I've mentioned that I turned the lights off don't worry because I have quite good night vision and I could see the eventuality of what needs to happen. I think you I think you um kind of explaining the concept that you have good visual, you know, especially in the dark, I think is just complete bullshit to be perfectly honest. You'd just woken up having drunken shitloads, therefore you would have been hungover with with barely any attention. I think you had a had a pooey bum back to bed, I think is what's happened. Yeah, but you're, you're um... forgetting the fact that I use toilet tissue, like wipes. Faultless. And the way they suggest you use it, the order they suggest you use it in, is you wipe with toilet paper first, and then you refresh yourself with a wipe. Now, 
our discussion about B-Days last week, which we'll continue discussing to the very end of time until I've convinced you it's a good idea, but you seem to think that just washing your bum with a B-Day and then going out to dry it of natural, you know, methods, including sunlight and, you know, just general ventilation. This is the thing, is that if you do the toilet paper and toilet tissue in that order, you will remain damp. So I think... I'm not going to allow you to do this. I'm not going to allow you to suddenly bring the topic of B-Days back in when we're questioning your hygiene and sanitation at four o'clock in the morning, having drunk shit loads, ate loads of pasta, and then gone to the toilet with the light off and now trying to justify that that you were completely fine doing that. Objection, Your Honour. This is not relevant to the matter. I don't think you can object an objection. (laughs) A legal precedent. So, you know... It's got to happen sometime. Right, well, I think we should swiftly go off this topic and move on to toilet news. What do you think? What a shame. Yeah, what a shame. But yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Welcome back. This is Toilet News, uh, where we discuss what's been happening in the world of toilets this week. So this is from The Guardian. Sensors, taps and no door handles. COVID-19 shows it's time to rethink public toilets which I think is brilliant. I mean, this goes on to, I think on our first episode, we said, what do we wish for the future? Oh, yeah. And we mostly wish that there would be some form of kind of public health um, understanding and... Mass exodus, surely. (laughs) Of some form of response. And it says here, you know, public health experts, designers and architects say COVID-19 pandemic has exposed fundamental flaws in the design of public toilets that risk spreading a second wave of the coronavirus and possibly even new pandemics, which is excellent. Yeah. Some of the suggested innovations include greater uptake of sensors, taps, which I think we can all agree with. Sensor taps are great. I mean, really, you should just censor everything, shouldn't you? It says here fully self-cleaning cubicles, which is interesting. Um, yeah. Designing, designing exits so that you don't require human contact. I also think entering the toilet as well would be useful. Just kind of no contact whatsoever. Um, and having bathroom attendance. What do you think, Alex? Well, I think there's lots of things here that uh, we've mentioned before, but like trying to sort of think about the new points. The idea that you could sort of sanitise a cubicle is quite nice. I think it would probably be quite similar to those toilets that you like close and then it sucks it out of an air vent, a bit like in an airplane. I think it's... You know, you've got those uh, waterless urinals. Yeah. So you've got like McDonald's did them quite often and they were said that how these were self-cleaning urinals just by what they were made of. Yeah. So I wonder whether or not they mean that. I mean, what the the new things are... Basically, the things I like about this is that significant people in the kind of the, you know, the medical official world, you know, the chief medical officers are all coming out recognizing that there there is need for improvement. You know, you've got the, the Brendan Murphy, the Australian chief medical officer says, you know, um, that the public is going to be washing our hands in a new way for the rest of our lives and beyond this virus, which is excellent. Yeah. This is the main fear here where it says, you know, normally you can't put a cost on safety. But now after the economic hit of the coronavirus, we probably can. Because if you don't have good hygiene in public bathrooms and minimize the spread of disease, you get a pandemic. Yeah. Which is which is kind of something that itself is an excellent quote because it means that, you know, it's very like the Tory government to say, oh, we're not going to be able to spend because of the coronavirus. We don't have the money to put into the public to try to make the public toilets, you know, what they need to be. Whereas actually the real response is the correct response to that is saying that if you don't invest in your public toilets, then in the long term, it's going to be costing you a lot of money. It's a priority. 
It's good priority because you know even just not you know just not having a hygienic toilet will put strain on your health service, which as a result will drain you financially. Absolutely, the very suggestion that it can at least have some impact on it. I think everyone's very aware of that at the current time. If anything has any effect on your safety or the safety of others around you, it would be remiss of you to not do it because you know what's mm. the point of risking yourself that much further or protecting yourself incrementally that little bit more it's just the way that you need to work the way that life needs to work and you know the reason that i've sort of started eating differently is because of that very sort of argument that even as one person having one change in their life has a chain effect on the lives of obviously animals in this case but in the one that we're reading here on the lives of other humans you just change the way that people use facilities then yeah as it says here you're likely to be safer we mentioned before that maybe sinks being in the same room as a toilet the thing about flushing a toilet and fecal matter spreading all over the room unless you have the lid down that for me ever since hearing that is like why would you have the place that you become clean two meters distance to the place that you do the most dirty thing I suppose thing that, that argument though yeah no I, I get that but I mean the water coming out of the tap is still clean isn't it it's but it's more why would we I think the only way you would solve that problem would be to find a way of flushing the toilet from distance yeah why don't we put the flushing of the the flusher of the toilet make it an electronic thing and put it by the tap so you so you you shit in the toilet, move over to your specific tap, press a button which flushes the toilet two meters behind you. Yeah, and then you wash your hands immediately with a sensor. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the sensor could flush it for you if it knows you're out the toilet. Yeah, this is it. This is yeah, exactly is, yeah. exactly the thought processes that I imagine the WHO are going through, which basically means that we are valid to uh, send in our job applications. I think we'd be very good. Or at least an, or at least an invoice. Um, <laughs> moving on to the next article, perhaps. Yeah, cool. What have you, what have you brought to the table this week? Uh, so this is another one from one of my favourite papers, uh, one of the most trusted uh, news outlets in the world, if not the universe. Uh, it's the Metro. Oh, good old toilet paper Metro. I've just seen their tagline, news but not as you know it <laughs> that's presumably fantastic. that's all news isn't it that's yeah but also like news is no that's no news is not as you know it it's kind of anything that's not as you know it is something that you shouldn't be purchasing anyway should it well if you're if you're going by nietzsche's theory of eternal recurrence everything that's ever happened will happen continuously and is happening right now so effectively news is old and now we already know it yeah Anyway, um, this article <laughs> is by Sean Elvin. Its title is Sewer Blockages Increase as People Use Toilet Paper Alternatives. Now, Ooh. the picture which I'm sure our listeners will be dying to see is of a fatberg somewhere in the southwest of England. It looks very fluffy from where I'm looking at, but it's probably the opposite texture of that. A water company has warned against flushing non-degradable material down the toilet after an increase in blockages during the coronavirus lockdown. Thames Water said it had seen an almost 20% increase in blockages as people use alternatives to toilet paper when they can't get it in the supermarkets. I want to know what kind of things. So we've got kitchen roll, we've got the wipes, even the ones that I use. Well, maybe what we were talking about last week when you had reusable toilet paper, maybe somebody had started 
fl- accidentally flushing that down because then that's just you'd need to be pretty rich wouldn't you if you buy reusable <laughs> and then destroy it immediately but that reminds me of the people that used to buy a new pair of pants each time they wore pants have you ever seen one of those people i have never seen one of those people but i am aware of um what's his name um prince charles so he obviously has his own type of underwear which has um you know I don't know whether it has pc or something he was in the, you know prince charles um embroidered into his underwear um but he as a, a good gestural will Used to send those to- his used toilet paper. Uh, used, um, sorry, not used, not used toilet paper. Uh, used used pants to prisons, okay. and give them give them to people who needed it. Um, and then it suddenly became known that if you had pants with the in- his engraving in it, then you'd know it would come from him. So you're wearing so royal start- pants. Well, people started setting them on fire and then like shitting on them and throwing them from cell to cell or throwing them at the guards and things like that. Yeah. So then they had to then so then they started investing. Yeah, you know, they basically got somebody to unstitch his initials out of his pants before he gave them. But surely you think, you know, this is a man who is worth, you know, the amount of money the royal family has. Can they not just buy them <laughs> some brand new I'm pants? Why is it a goodwill gesture to give your second-hand pants? I mean, probably worse if it was Andrew. <laughs> uh, just for the press of it, I think it would be worse. Yeah. But the. By the way, but, I mean, we're not insinuating be... anything about Prince Andrew's pants and the uh, behaviours of said royal in those pants. Go absolutely ahead. not. No, no accusations about anything. I think we're absolutely allowed to, though. He was a nasty, nasty man, wasn't he? He still is, um, apparently. And it's interesting how you can just like say that you're renouncing yourself from public life, and then everything goes away. Do you have anything to say about Prince Andrew? Yes, I do have one further thing to say about Prince Andrew, which is that he doesn't sweat, so they wouldn't be full of sweat. Oh, yes! But they would be full of something else. Correct. Yes, and it'd be very easy to identify what was, yeah, what it is, because there is no sweat. I forgot very about true. the fact he doesn't sweat. What a fucking weird man. I mean, he um, definitely great. does, but that's fine. He definitely does. Is there yeah. anything else we need to say about your toilet news article? I mean, basically, we need to just tell the world to stop flushing stuff that isn't toilet paper yeah. down the toilet. One thing I will say is that it's a moralistic choice of whoever uses the wipes that are specifically for toilet use. Because on the packet it says you can wash these down the toilet, but a lot of the advice that comes from actual sewage companies and waterworks are that you should only have three things that you wash down the toilet. And this is in the article. There are three P's. There's poo, pee and paper. And obviously that doesn't mean A4 copy. (laughs) That means toilet paper so i mean i might start to restrict my own use because i feel like if this is getting worse during corona then the last thing we need is streets flooded with shit agreed yeah okay so yeah self-flagellation complete i don't i don't know what else i want to say about this really other also than... there is enough toilet paper i think now isn't there when i go to the shops it's full of toilet paper. oh yeah 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 absolutely people are flushing what they had bought just in case because they now realize yeah. they don't need it People, yeah, like, yeah. All, the, all those children clothes that were on offer that they bought just to wipe their ass with that they don't need anymore, that they've just decided, oh, fuck it. Let's just use it for the, you know, use it for the use that we bought it for. <laughs> this article um, this it, article has really brought up the best of us, both oh, Prince God. Andrew and <laughs> baby clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. The biggest fatberg that was ever found while we were working at the Barbican together it was on display in the Museum of London, and I'm really gutted we didn't go and see it because oh, apparently no. it was a thing to behold. 
but my wow my partner asked me what a fatberg was today and it was interesting i didn't know quite how to describe it i just sort of thought big congealed mess of flushed toilet stuff and fat just congealed gunk and hair yeah it's just whatever whatever clogs pipes isn't it it's just a, whatever a big version of what you pull out of your own drain <laughs> let's do i wonder where that is now i wonder where the the, the, big the biggest oh they flushed, yeah. it down, they flushed it down the toilet <laughs> of course so next up everyone we have our topic toilet discussion which this week is of course school toilets we were discussing just before we recorded this uh will and i that i actually can't remember the toilets in my high school like i can remember that there were toilets so it's not that there weren't toilets but i definitely can't picture them as clearly in my head as the ones at my primary school and now you know when you think about things when you were a child and you think oh that was really big uh and it's gotten smaller nowadays um you're gonna talk about your penis i don't think i was talking about my penis but you know subconscious is a funny thing no i was mainly talking about things like the size of biscuits or like you know when you get older things seem (laughs) smaller than they once were Uh uh-huh so the opposite goes for me for my primary school toilets i remember thinking wow this urinal is really low down and it's really small And I was just a small child. I was an average-sized child. I've since grown big and tall. But then it was very strangely sort of like it felt too small, the urinal. Are we talking about a toilet here? Are we talking about you? Can we start the topic again? Yeah, cool. Is that right? Now we have topic toilets. And this week for a discussion... Uh, we have the topic of school toilets. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, just before we started this, I was telling you, Will, wasn't I, that uh, I can't remember my <laughs> high school toilet. That was very threatening. Yeah, no, you were saying that you couldn't remember your the toilets. I mean, I, I have quite a strong memory of all of the toilets, I think, I've, I've used throughout my education. From the, the one in Italia Conti, which was... <laughs> Yeah, which was basically made out of... Yeah, they, they made an extension and then they realised in the extension they forgot to build a toilet. So right by the scene studies teacher, oh, no. um, they, they put up like a bit of MTF and made a toilet, which was awful because it meant that what well, yeah, you would shit and then you would hear... So you could always hear Tams and the teacher laughing because you were, you know, shitting. And, oh, um, no. And, and then, you know, all the way to primary school when you had the toilet where we used to piss out of the window... Um, but the the one that I'm going to talk about today, uh, in terms of kind of school toilets or like this was university toilets. This is when I was at Central St Martins, um, and the they we just moved. So we were in Back Hill in this kind of small you know so drama centre. One of it was in Back Hill, and then halfway through the course we moved to King's Cross in this big swanky kind of you know they they brought together everyone in Central St Martins and yeah put us together. But so we had to do this weird scene. Um, so we yeah, had to pick somewhere in the building and you do a scene. And I had picked um, the toilet to do my oh. scene in. But the toilet of the room that we were on, the past wasn't working. So we had to go and use a different toilet where uh, there were quite a lot of students doing their curriculum. Right. Um, but when I had set the toilet up ready at the beginning of the scene, I was throwing up in the toilet and then I came out and I was a junkie who was you know trying to get off it. And I yes. was struggling. So, you know, I started off, I go in the toilet. And the idea was that the teacher would bring in all of the, you know, my fellow classmates. 
um, the blessed and audience. Hit, and all the yeah, the blessed audience into the toilet, and all they would hear would be me throwing up and retching, and then out I would come and I would start it. And I'm quite good at retching, like in terms of making the sound. That sounded very viable. I, yeah, I was quite I was quite confident in at least you know creating a good setting and um, the beginning of this this kind of monologue. Okay. Um, the what I hadn't accounted for was the general public. And a design student had decided to use the the other. There were two cubicles in this toilet. Used the other cubicle, and in the time it took me to come up and set up the toilet. So what I the setting up of the toilet was me getting loads of toilet roll and putting it all over the floor, making it look like a shithole. Um, so I then left to then tell the teacher that I was ready to you know go in. Yeah. I then ran in. Uh, you know, locked the door, went on my knees and hands and got ready and waited so I could hear everybody come in. In that time of me going and getting the teacher, some poor yeah. bastard had decided that he needed a poo and had oh. walked into this toilet, you know, probably went, what the fuck is all this tissue doing on the floor? And then went into the cubicle and just started taking a shit. Um, and so I then started going... So when the guy then went... You know, knocked on the you know, side and just said, "Is everything all right?" And I went, "Shut, shut up!" Like, just I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing something here. You're and killing art. Walks, and then in walks all of the teach, you know, the teacher and all the students, and I yeah, continued to do it. Oh, man. And um, the worst thing was that so yeah, I'm throwing throwing up in the toilet. I then open the the lock and the door, and you know, my my eyes have tears in them, and you know, I'm bright red, and I start to do my monologue. And then the toilet flushes of the guy who's you know just casually using the toilet, and then yeah, you, know, you couldn't write sadly, it really. You couldn't write it, and sadly, it was some one. It was a wonderful bit of you know comedy because you know I just I couldn't yeah you know, I wasn't very professional. I couldn't hold in the laughter, and as could my my fellow. And then the guy just unlocked the door, came out, washed his hands <laughs> while there were like twenty people all huddled in this toilet, and then just said excuse me and left. That is and just it, you know, so British. That is such a British thing to react with when faced with the complete opposite of what you would imagine a toilet to look like and who would be in it is just to continue. As if it's just to continue. It's completely yeah, normal. kudos to that guy though. Just yeah. going like, absolutely, fuck you. I'm in this toilet for its designed purpose. I, I've had my poo. You're not going to stop me. <sighs> if you I've wanted if good, the guy... if you wanted good training for impromptu theatre and uh, site-specific theatre, you couldn't really have got much better training than someone shitting or pissing right next <laughs> to you. While you're in a toilet. It was brilliant. But yeah, that's the, out of all of the stories that I can remember. The other one is that I quite enjoyed. So we had, before our exams in secondary school, we were taught to do everything you possibly can beforehand to prepare yourself. You know, you're not allowed to take anything in with you to your exams except for a pen, you know, like things like that. But our head teacher said that we were allowed to bring mints. So, you know, we were allowed to bring polos so you can like suck on a polo to kind of you know, get your sugar levels up and keep your concentration going, which then kind of brought me to the idea of how can I really prepare myself for an exam? And it was have a cigarette so you don't think of nicotine, then go into the toilets and have a wank. 
so you don't so you don't think so you're not tempted you're not distracted by sexual you know okay sticking point there but yeah keep going then have another cigarette before and then and then have, have a polo mixture, right and okay. then have your then, then have a polo <laughs> fresh and then breath you're ready for your yeah exam. fresh breath is, um, is the lasting impression you want out of yeah that but i thought fully fully exploring that side of my relationship with school toilets was probably you almost dealt with that situation as if you were on death row the only thing you're missing is like (laughs) your favorite food and drink uh before yeah before the chop or the uh the chair um man what about i I applaud you let's move on to you what was your school what school toilet memory or you know so i'm gonna try and get this out clearly because i I had a go explaining it earlier and it didn't work very well um (laughs) And I just have to be clear about what I'm describing in terms of size, just so we can be absolutely clear on that as well. Um, yeah, we're not talking about Alex's penis when he's talking about size. I yes. just want to say that so that I, will clear that I, up. I feel safe in yeah, this conversation. Good. Yeah, my toilet experience uh, in school, as previously mentioned, I can't remember my high school toilets. My primary school toilets, on the other hand, they've got a weird place in my memory. So... When I was at primary school in Scotland, I would have been around five years old when I started and around 12 years old when I finished. Now, in P7, which is the oldest you can be in primary school in Scotland, you are 11 or 12 years old. Now, I remember going into those toilets as a 12-year-old and the sort of area of the school which was like preschool, like the earlier primaries, you would go to the toilet, the urinal, as a boy, and it would be very low down and very small. Now, as you <laughs> grow older, you would have toilets that were more well-shapen for your own body, so like a 12-year-old. But I remember using those toilets again and being like, my God, these are low to the ground. Like, really, really low to the ground and really small urinals. And we're talking about one of those trough metal urinals again. The reason... I'm not really being clear on a specific incidence of using these toilets is that I'm more thinking about what it'd be like to use them now and like what the equivalent feeling would be as a six foot three man now not able to sort of even get my stream into that toilet without Have you not used one? Mess. Have you not used a kiddie's urinal since being an adult? See, this is the thing is that I think I'm missing out and I think being the height I am and being the distance I am away from the urinal when I pee or the toilet. You think, you'll get, you think you'll get some power from that? You'll get yeah, I think it will feel birth. like <laughs> I might even be able to shoot straight down the urinal hole. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last time I had an experience just like this was at the Roundhouse in yeah. Chalk Farm, Camden, because they've got, you know, I didn't realise, I think I'd had a few to drink um, and I went into the toilet and I went to the urinal and I, you know, start peeing. And I suddenly realised how low down the urinal is. And I said, you know, it's full of people. I've queued quite a while to get in here. So I kind of bend my knees to kind of make sure I'm quite... And I looked, I looked to my left to make sure that I'm not... You know, I could see this guy to the right looking at me. I looked to my left to make sure that I'm not... You know, are we all having to do this? Am I just really... And I realise I'm at the one kiddie one next to all of the adult ones. So I then kind of stand up and righteously continue pissing in this kid's urinal. Yeah, because you would, wet you? your lower trousers, presumably. <laughs> well this is the thing i I remember the fit sensation of it yeah if it was a trough urinal you would have been all right because it's got that little sort of splashback guard but if it was if it was one of those ceramic ones because of the way it's curved it's just like it's inviting splashback to a ridiculous degree but i think yep 
when it comes to like remembering things, I always put myself as I currently am in that situation again. That's kind of the best way I have of remembering things. They always say that you never remember things as they were. You remember your last memory of them. So I try to create a completely new scenario and put myself in what I remember to see how it would feel. And just being in that scenario, I didn't think that a whole toilet had been designed just for that use. I think it's quite clever. It's a good yeah, idea. But the only place that it would be viable, because you wouldn't have a separate toilet for kids in a in a venue like the Roundhouse, would you? But there is. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> no. One thing we've started doing, um, now we're recording remotely and the world is a bit chaotic, is we like to end on a thought for the future. Yeah. Um, my thought for the future this week is uh, very simple. And it's just that I hope we have a nationwide vote of no confidence in the current party. Um, and we hold the adulterous coward... Not you. Oh. Well, I'm talking about. Sorry, I'm talk, talking about Boris Johnson. I hope that we, you know, we talk about him last episode. It's important to talk about him because, yeah, he's making decisions which are affecting all of our lives, and you know, it feels that people are kind of treading on eggshells around him. You know, he he had a baby, didn't he, which then allows him to have certain kind of you know uh, relaxed scrutiny, which shouldn't be the case at all. You know, he's a man that actually ended up taking a day off because his. Yeah, you know, a day off during a pandemic is bizarre. How can you possibly do that? I, you know, it's awful. I just, yeah, you know, I just hope that we have a vote of no confidence nationally, and we rethink who's in power, and that's it. That's all I want to say. I'd put five quid on it, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think my thought for the future is definitely reconsider when to hug someone, when to <laughs> handshake them, and when to high five them. I think hugging is, I think it's definitely more prevalent in London. And I think a simple handshake, I think that should become the new norm. I'm just going to say. Do you think we hug Do you think we hug people more in London than we do elsewhere? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, definitely. I think it's an Americanized yeah. thing as well. I think it's definitely like strongly Americanized. I'm not saying I don't like hugging. I just think for the time being, like a keep calm and carry on thing, I think the handshake was definitely more popularized during the war. Because, like, before the Great Depression in the Art Deco times, everyone was free and loose. And then we have the 60s, so hugs came back in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think handshakes, stern and fair way of greeting people and safe. See, it's weird. I find handshakes more intimate than a hug, actually. Because when I hand... Like, your hand is what's been touching everything and you're more likely to pass something on to me. Yeah. Then if you then if I hug someone, it's kind of... It's more of a... a and less of an, an embrace. I don't know. I find something really creepy. It's probably from when I've I've had managers who've hugged my who's shaken my hands in very strange ways. Mm. So yeah, I, think... I mean, because it sounds it is it sounds stupid for somebody to say that they feel that a handshake is more intimate than a hug. But it's kind of that weird, complete. Yeah, if you if you hug both of your hands, it's together, also skin on skin they're, predominantly. There's there's complete skin on skin, and they're absolutely touching. Like it is, you do feel warm. Yeah. Whereas with a hug, you can have a very quick hug. You're mostly touching clothes. What's more unsettling, an overly warm, sweaty hand or a and really I, really cold hand? Well, I'm a one. I'm a hug person, but to answer your question, I have incredibly dry hands. So yeah. I, I I. 
And anybody, if I touch somebody's hand and it's kind of warm and sweaty, for some reason, I just immediately think they've got a thyroid problem. That's just the first thing I go to. Pleased to um, meet you. I'm to... I'm enjoying this. I'm really enjoying the elbows. That. Yeah. yeah, I quite enjoy that. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah, maybe we bring the elbow. Maybe try to keep the elbows going post Corona. I would say so. That's that's my new renewed thought for the day from you for the future. Yeah, great. Yeah, love it. Right, well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we are on uh, Instagram and Twitter. We're Talking Toilets underscore. And on Facebook, we're Talking Tea Podcast. Um, just to reiterate that Facebook thinks toilet is a derogatory word, so we can't have it uh, for some bizarre unknown reason, even though it's something that we is a necessity in all of our lives. Um, and for people who don't have it, it's very sad, and we you know want to get correct sanitation out to everyone. Absolutely, so it should be something. So it should be a word that we should actively be able to talk about. B day, uh, but yeah, we really, we really hope you've liked it. Fuck you in the B days. Uh, we really, really hope you like the episode. And if you do, please shout out, tell somebody. You know, in the future, we're going to be bringing on guests where we're not going to be you know forced into lockdown situations by government restrictions. And we hope you're all being safe, well, sane, and yeah, enjoying the time you can. On the toilet. On the toilet, exactly. Excellent. And remember, keep flushing. Keep flushing. <laughs>